opinions expressed by callers, guests, and hosts do not necessarily reflect those of the Black Talk Radio Network and Black Talk Media Project. Black Talk Radio is new black media for the new millennium. Dinar would have had serious consequences for the world financial system, but may also have empowered the people of Africa, something black activists say the U.S. wants to avoid at all costs. We're slicing cake. We're slicing cake. We're slicing cake. Gaddafi didn't give up. In the months leading up to the military intervention, he called on African and Muslim nations to join together to create this new currency that would rival the dollar and euro. They would sell oil and other resources around the world only for gold dinars. It's an idea that would shift the economic balance of the world. Countries' wealth would depend on how much gold they have, not how many dollars they trade. And Libya has 144 tons of gold. Welcome, welcome everyone to the TNO Radio Show, brought to you by Black Talk Radio Network. I'm your host, Dave from L.A. We have with us half the team. Co-hosting the show is, is Zing. Um, so, if you'd like to get in on the show, we'd love to have you and talk to you. Give us a call, 704-802-5056. 704-802-5056 is the call-in number. Today, is uh, we weren't able to have a show uh, in the beginning of the week. Man, so much happened since last Friday, the last time that we had a show. Uh, globally, and we're going to jump into those things. Just want to say thank you all for listening to Tando Radio Show and to Black Talk Radio Network, but we need your support in order to stay on air. And you can do that by going to www.blacktalkradionetwork.com and make a donation to the network directly there. But the most, the most expedient and best way and preferred way to support this network is by giving your, becoming a member inside of a social media platform known as BTR Community, and you can find that at www.btrcommunity.com, a social media network platform that's been put together by this overall network for you to engage in all of your social media activities without being as adversely affected, okay? For only $24 a year, you can post things about yourself, your business, or things that you think need to be uh, highlighted, more public awareness, discussion, all of those things, but within reason, of course, you can do that there in a more holistic way. You don't have to worry about your identity being sold. You don't have to worry about individuals actually looking at your overall public social media platform or page and using that against you as is it with, with uh, Fedbook and other things such as that. So come on over to VTR Community for only $24 a year. Engage in social media activities that will benefit you more than any than the others and that will support the network and keep us on air as well very important that we do that okay so please engage in that 
Also, if you would like to acquire real money, the place to go is to Prosperity Mint. Prosperity Mint is a full-service precious metals dealership. You can just go to Prosperity Mint is the name, Prosperity, uh, prosperitymint.com, www.prosperitymint.com. Check out what's in inventory, but then email info at prosperitymint, info at prosperitymint.com so that you can Excuse me, info at prosperitymint.com. Yeah, Email and tell them that you're a Tando Radio Show listener so that they can explain the, the overall process and it's to your benefit, the buying process of how that works. Very important that you do that, especially now uh, as things start to, excuse me, as things start to unfold globally. All right, so we're going to jump into today's show. Just want to say back, glad to be back on air, glad, glad to be talking to you all. And I would just say this summer and this spring, please bear with us. It's going to be very, very busy, uh, I know, for Pastor Keith and Nod and uh, for Scotty. And it's going to be some, some good things that are, are in the works now. So glad that that is happening. So we're going to jump into today's show. Let me fix this real quickly. In today's show, as, uh, as, is, as always, if you'd like to get in on today's show, just give us a call, 704-802-5056, 704-802-5056, and we will uh, see you in queue, and we'll bring you up. We'd love to hear from you. If not, uh, just say excuse me, and we will bring you up. All right, so here we go. First article for today's show. Well, let me give you the, the name of today's show. Today is May the 8th, 2019, and the topic for today is global conveyance. <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> global conveyance. Oh, my goodness. Excuse me. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Global conver convergence, the measure of contention, is what today's show is. So looking forward to that lot going on in the world. We're going to touch on some of that. Uh, so let's jump into what's in the news and get into today's show. First article from Cerebrally Naive Network, a.k.a. CNN, or CNN, a.k.a. Cerebrally Naive Network. Trump urges caution as Bolden and Pompeo uh, tease a military intervention in Venezuela. Uh, last Friday, there there was there were meetings to discuss uh, how the U.S. is going to handle Venezuela militarily as, as an option or other things. But it wasn't just that; it's because of the global conveyance that's happening, and that was really what was going on. This is why. Uh, over the weekend, a lot of different things uh, came out and started to, to, to make itself known. So check out that. Next article from Business Insider. This is major. Iran announces a scaling back commitment to nuclear deal as the United States ramps up its military presence in the region. Iranian celebrity figurehead Iranian president announced Wednesday that the country would be rolling back its commitment on that Wednesday today. International nuclear agreement that it is signed in 2015 that the U.S. actually uh, nullified and, and canceled uh, one year ago last year, last year. So the uh, gives the deadline of 60 days for remaining signatures to negotiate sanctions relief or Iran will resume its previous uranium enrichment program. Once many things there, I think that Iran already has nuclear weapons else they would not come out and announce this. They already have them. This is why they're announcing this. And how that takes place, 
and the significance of that we'll see here. Next article, really good one. Big ups. Uh, thanks a lot, Monster, uh, for, for sending this one from NPR.org. With Venezuela in chaos, mangoes are the unsung heroes. We will definitely take a look at this. Uh, and we're going to take a, a, a more in-depth look at, at Venezuela and some of this very, very important historical uh, significance for today's show. Check out that. Next article from Sputnik News, Carrots warns U.S. to offer new incentives to Venezuelan uh, military. So celebrity figurehead Vice President Mike Pence is offering, is set to offer on Tuesday new incentives to Venezuelan military to turn against elected President Nicolas Maduro, Reuters reported on Monday, citing a senior uh, administration. So here it comes, the bribes, the bribes, the bribes. Check out that, and that's why uh, lots, we'll cover that in, in today. We're very important. Next article from South China Morning Post. Beijing warns off U.S. warships as tensions rise in the South Sea of China. Conversion, com, com, convergence, convergence, convergence. Venezuela, South Sea of China, the, the uh, Persian Gulf, the Middle East, Eastern Europe, all convergence. The Korean Peninsula, all convergence for major, major confrontation globally. And it will happen, unfolding as we speak. Next article. Next article from Reuters. Two U.S. warships sail in disputed South China, in South China Sea. The United States military said two of its warships sailed near claimed islands by China in the South Sea of China on Monday, a move that angered Beijing at the time of tensions between the two biggest economies. So check out that. Had a lot to do. We'll cover that as well. We'll talk about that convergence. Next article from express.co.uk. This is a UK publication. World War Three set threats. U.S. bombers launched after secret, excuse me, U.S. bombers launched after secret Iranian plot to attack American troops is revealed. How true? We don't know, but it's all coming to full fruition. The tension between the United States and Iran has intensified this morning amidst shocking threats of an intimate Iranian attack on U.S. soldiers. The U.S. has responded to the secret intelligence reported by sending a carrier strike group and its bomber task force to the Middle East. They sent the USS uh, Abe Lincoln aircraft carrier strike group uh, as well as a significant a number of B-52 or, B, excuse me, B-1 bombers uh, as well. Now, how is this intelligence legitimate? Well, what's the historical, what's the history tell you? Probably not, but it's something that's going to be used because that this is why secrets are, are really not secrets. They're just lies that's being held. Hey, good morning, Dave. In waiting. Hey, good morning, Scotty. Go ahead. I just read an article prior to coming on air um, where they're saying that the that is overblown. This is what leaks from the U.S. government. You know these unnamed officials, so you know you can't trust trust that as much as you want to. I'm so tired of them always talking about unnamed officials. How do you know the person even exists? The reporter could just be making it up, and we've seen that in the past. We've actually seen that um, happen. But uh, yeah, they were saying that while the intelligence is is accurate, it's overblown. 
and then yeah. some other ones are saying that it's an overreaction. And um, so they're even saying not like the intelligence allegedly, and this is supposed to be secret intelligence, right? Um, but it's somehow the media got a hold of it and they putting it out there and it ain't no cause for investigations of who leaked this secret intelligence. But they're saying they're uh, Iranian proxies, which means, which could mean actually Iraq. When you think about the Shias in Iraq, um, what's the guy name who was a uh, uh, who uh, had a big militia over there? I forget his name. He was some kind of cleric. Yeah, or something. yeah, and yeah. yeah. Um, um, who was Ahmad Sheikh? I can't remember right now. But you know who I'm talking about, right? He has the largest Shia uh, militia that they had to go to him and and include him in the negotiations. I think he even won a seat in the government or what have you. But when they're saying proxies of Iran, you might as well say Iraq. And I wouldn't necessarily call them proxies. I would more or less call them allies, you know? Um, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, but um, anyway, it's it, just, again, go back to 9-11 and Donald Rumsfeld comments about sweeping everything up, whether it has anything to do with Iraq or not. Um, you know, I think Bolton was a part of that administration that lied about, you know, yep. Saddam Hussein and, and whatnot. So, again, you know, we got uh, proven liars who are in this area of government uh, who who is escalating and possibly going to, uh, you know, start another war. Start yep, a shooting exactly. war. Let, let me rephrase that. Start a, sh a direct shooting war between Iran and and the U.S. military, and not just you know proxies. Right, right, and 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 Scotty's had to clarify that because there's a big difference. There's a huge, huge, big difference. Yes, this type of stuff that shows that there's back there's backroom deals and there's there's a, a a subversive agenda that is trying to hide itself behind made up stories and. AKA false flags or, or or just false intelligence to in order to say, oh, later on, years later, oh, that wasn't real. Uh, so sorry, but this is what we really wanted to do. So it is all hey. covered for real crime. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, uh, Keith. Yes, sir. You know, I hate to sound naive, but listening to this stuff and these same, these same people with uh, – um, Trump and uh, what's the guy with the big mustache that you mentioned a few minutes ago? It's always Both. been a big war guy. Who? Both. Uh, yeah, Bolton and all these guys. I can't help but to believe that the stuff that they're doing, they, there is no way in sin <clears throat> anybody can believe that the United States can come out on top if we go to war with these jokers. So the only word that comes to my mind again the only thing I can think of is sabotage. Literally, they are trying to destroy, all out destroy the United States of America. Because there's no way they can come out on top of this. So why would they be so hell-bent into running full pace into this conflict? We're conflicts. And, Chief, we're going we're gonna to touch on some of that uh, today. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of... There, there are backroom broker deals, as you already know, that what comes out in the news 
is the propaganda for what was decided in negotiations between multiple parties in a conspiracy agenda. So you got to have crimes to be able to steal because it is a theft. It's a theft that's going on. Uh, so we're going to touch on that. Yeah, Keith, we'll definitely, definitely do that. So hold on. We'll get to that. Next article. Thanks to my man Chiche across the pond for sending me this one. Agents rescued 220 human trafficking victims. And this was all, um, this, this was caught inside of the continent, different countries inside of the continent of Africa. From Burkina Faso, Niger, um, and from the Tongo and, and other places. So check out uh, that article. We'll, we'll pick up on that. that. was the last show that we did because we're going to have to talk about some of this stuff as well. Uh, thanks to my man TK for sending that. Next article from Business Insider. Here we go. Uh, last Friday, and this Friday is going to be significant. Last week uh, was significant because of the waivers that were ending for buying Iranian oil. All countries that do now uh, are subject to U.S. sanctions. Very, very significant, and, and that all is the convergence towards uh, this, this global, the measures of conflict. So check out, uh, well, let me give you the article. Here's a significant part. Business Insider, Trump threatened seismic shift to trade war with China, suggesting new tariffs on $325 billion worth of Chinese goods. The United States celebrity figurehead president on Sunday threatened to drastically escalate the trade war with China. Trump said that if the trade dispute were not resolved by Friday, then tariffs of $200 billion worth of Chinese goods would increase to 25% from 10%, and the U.S. would slap an additional $325 billion worth of Chinese goods with 25% tariffs. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know, but we will tell you this. Historically, how global wars go is this context. Is uh, uh, diplomatic... Now, this is kind of related, and it goes back to something you said about Donald Trump. Donald Trump, uh, let me uh, have to mute you, Keith. We're getting background noise, bro. Um, unmute yourself when you are ready to speak. But um, I was reading an article today about some leak uh, information from Donald Trump's tax forms and how you were saying, you know, he is the perfect person to... Uh, um, be quote unquote in charge as we untie the states or whatnot, or as the corporation bankrupts itself. But some of his leaked tax information is suggesting that he lost over a billion dollars or close to a billion dollars in one year and, and was able um, to write it off due to the loopholes and stuff cause of these new tax breaks. If that ain't yeah. a conflict of interest, you know, uh, uh, him doing yeah. that, that tax bill and then taking advantage of it. And wow, man. So, you know, um, he's not a good businessman, as people have said in the past. And that's why they want to see his taxes. But apparently somebody leaked some information saying that he had almost a billion in losses in one year. Yeah. Yeah. He's a perfect, perfect, perfect personality for what the big picture is. Perfect, perfect. Hey, he's he's an expert in bankruptcy. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Keith. 
Yeah, from what I heard, uh, 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 Scotty, as it was, uh, it was a billion dollars in 10 years. He lost $100 million a year over a 10-year period of span. But you're exactly right, because what those things did was because of those losses, and mind you, remember that he was still always bringing in money. So what they were saying was he is the worst businessman ever in history, but by the same token, he was able to cover it up for two reasons. Number one was the fact that it wasn't his money he was losing, and number two was the money that he was receiving was through nefarious uh, ways. So number three, because of those losses, there's something about if you lose so much money, it allows you to write it off in such a way that you don't have to pay taxes for years in advance after that. So, yeah, he just dogged out the system in every way imaginable. So that's why, that's why he's fighting so hard to not have these things released. The other thing that goes along with that, with him being such a terrible, terrible, terrible businessman, um, now I just lost my train of thought, so I apologize. Okay. <laughs> you were saying something about yeah, yeah, mute me. Okay. All right. So yeah, that's that's why when he first became the celebrity figurehead president, uh, we said perfect personality for. What what is is the agenda here? This is just one of the methods. Yeah, uh, and this yeah, yeah Dave. Because the um, the Dow, after they had a strong week last week, had a terrible uh, week thus far because of what he's doing with China. And then you know, couple, couple that with we know oil prices is going to rise, therefore making gas go up because of these threats to Iran and they're sending this fleet out. So again, we talked about how Iran said it'll close the Strait of Hormuz and ain't nothing getting in and out, you know? And so, you know, uh, uh, and then, yeah, man. Um, and I hope he's successful. I hate to say that, but I think that it would be the, in the interest of humanity if the uh, United States became the untied states. Yeah, 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 it is. And it's, it's, it, would, it would be, and I just hope that that is going to be, uh, that opportunity from that will be maximized uh, for humanity because it's something that needs to happen. That, that conveyance needs to be global uh, for, for everyone. And you'll see what we mean by that in today's show. Next article. Well, well let me just say this about this with the, with the tariffs. This is a clear signal that so much more behind the scenes is going on. And the natural progression of war is political uh, conflict that leads to a uh, currency war, and currency wars leads to uh, trade wars, and then trade wars lead to shooting wars. The trade war has has now, in my opinion, has, has gone way beyond the next step for the shooting war. It's already here, but now you're seeing it really, really blow up. That's the natural progression of wars. When I mean wars, I'm talking about countries going to war with each other, and this one is going to be global. So check out that. that and I, like I always say, it's going to be a World War III that's going to quickly shift. So this is World War III right now, and it's going to shift into 
GWN1, Global Nuclear War 1. So check out that article. Next article from Sputnik News. Analyst says that Guaido backs U.S. Uh, backs U.S. intervention after losing credibility among opposition. Desperate uh, Venezuelan leadership, Juan Guaido is calling on the United States to intervene militarily into Venezuela because he lost credibility among his own supporters while the Trump administration stands ready to export the country's resources, analysts told Sputnik News. Check out that article. Very important. Some would say and he never article. had any support, Dave. Some would say, you know, the U.S. media tried to make him out to have more yeah. internal support than he really had because there are other opposition parties to Maduro, but they're, you know, they're doing it the way that the Constitution lays out. You know, they're recognizing the elections and what have you. And uh, but there may be some political differences, but they didn't support Guaido. He's very, very unpopular, man. He really don't represent nobody but the U.S. U.S. interests. That's, that's where he came from. From the overall uh, trainings of, in my opinion, he came from the trainings of the U.S. because of that. And the U.S. has been there for a while. We'll take a look at that. Yes, so true, Scotty. Check out that article. Next article from RT International. Listen to this. This is critical. And I need to send Scotty this, and we need to play this, um, because this is something that needs to be heard, and I want you to hear it yourself. Uh, for, and we'll play this in a, you know, once we finish what's in the news. I'm going to send it to Scotty. Let me post it there. And it's very, very important. This was on Sunday with... Celebrity figurehead, uh, Secretary of State, said on Sunday. Let me just real quickly. Um, let me make sure that this is the one. This is um it, it, here it is. This is the article that I posted, but I want you to hear it. It says. One second, it just keeps moving on me. Okay. Quote, any U.S. action in Venezuela would be lawful. Pompeo drums up invasion option after failed coup. So I'm going to post this inside of, Scotty, once we finish what's in the news, let's go back to this. I want you to hear what was said, and this is embedded in this in this. Um, actual story want you to hear what it says but let's finish what's in the news first then we'll get into uh this very very significant let me just read this as as mike uh, pompeo i call him mike pompano prepares to meet russian foreign minister to discuss the crisis in venezuela the u.s secretary of state bluntly said bluntly that president donald trump has a full range of powers to intervene at will this is nuts. So check out that, and it's going to definitely happen. Next article from oilprice.com. OPEC is facing an existential crisis. Very true. Global oil markets fundamentals are looking particularly bullish from the OPEC production cuts. The constraints of exports to Nigeria and the U.S. sanctions on Iran and Venezuela, while oil prices volatility have increased, 
thanks to financial analysts uh, putting an emphasis on the Trump's apparent tweets. Agreements with OPEC leaderships and fundamentals are still very bullish because the overall price and the problem with that is going to, to go because of what's going on geopolitically. We'll touch on that as well. Next article from Global Research, the loss of life from World War I to World War III, what would happen if a third war were to break out? And we're going to cover this tomorrow for sure, just to take a look at that. Next article, very, very important. Here we go. Moscow, Tehran threatens rollback on nuclear deal, provokes external pressures, uh, provoked by external pressures on Iran. Early in the day, the Islamic Republic announced the Islamic Republic announced that it would be suspending several commitments within the 2015 Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action, well, which was actually talking about the one that they still have with the world and everyone else, the signers except the United States. That deal was actually broken by the United States one year ago, right around this time, about one year ago, this uh, almost to the date. Commonly known as the Iranian nuclear deal for 60-day periods, adding that the country has to has no intentions to withdraw from the agreement completely. Very important because of what's happening in the world. I, I'll get catch you that in the next second. Next article from Sputnik News: Germany media says German media says German-American friendship is in shreds. Yes, U.S. Secretary of State. Celebrity figurehead Mike Pompeo abruptly canceled his visit to Germany this week. This says a lot. Where he was scheduled to meet with Chancellor uh, Angela Merkel, that has sparked speculation that the German-U.S. relationship is falling apart and prompted a journalist to call on uh, Berlin to develop a strategy for post-Trump era. I would say that you didn't need this overall uh, scheduled meeting to be canceled, this trip to be canceled. There's already been stated, stated because of what's going on in the world, and I think that Germany has let, let it be known that they are going to stay in, in closet support of Iran and the overall agenda that's moving against the U.S. This is huge, 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 huge. Check out, this is why they're trying to establish a European army uh, between Germany and France that is not uh, about and not supported and not with the U.S. And this is important because Germany and the U.S. have been uh, allies for a long time. They've shared a lot of military uh, intelligence, and they know a lot about each other. But the thing is that Germany knows a lot about, more importantly, knows a lot about the U.S. Navy's tactics, maneuvers, and capability like in my opinion, like no other country. They actually have German naval ships that are attached to U.S. aircraft carrier strike groups. So what does that mean? They're embedded in maneuvers. I know I've seen them while I was in the military and on, the, on uh, many deployments. They are there. They know. It's, it's all, I'm telling you, it's all a setup. Check out that article. Next article. Over the weekend, things went towards the strong uh, move towards complete all-out confrontation in the Middle East that is going to spark a furtherance in World War III and GNW1. Here's the article from Press TV. 
which is a Iranian publication. Palestinians reached deal to stop Gaza attack. Palestinians said a ceasefire agreement had been reached with Israel after 25 people were killed in three days of Israeli attacks on the besieged uh, Gaza enclave, which were response to the home, homemade rockets from Palestinian groups that was announced by two Palestinian uh, officials familiar with the agreement and that Hezbollah movement uh, media outlet. Over the weekend, there was major, major uh, rocket attack that Israel became under from the overall, uh, from, from Gaza region. And it, I'm telling you, it almost probably sparked a Israeli invasion, but it's setting everything up for that because of what's going on in Iran. Here it all comes. So check out that article. Next article from RT International. Pence lifts sanctions from Venezuelan defecting generals. Hope to, to inspire more turncoats. The U.S. has lifted sanctions from a former Venezuelan spy chief who recently defected from Maduro's, uh, Nicolas Maduro's side. And I will just say this. You can't believe everything. That in the, you, you know, the, this is, war is very, very shrewd. Can't believe anything. This individual man already was embedded to, to do all of this stuff. So now, because of what was lost in the coup attempt uh, last week, they're going to try to gain some momentum back or to reestablish a defense and to reattack. So this is how they do it. So check out that article. Next article from Press TV. China-Iranian oil impacts rise to an eight-year month high. This is why the trade war is going to happen. This is why the trade deal in my opinion, broke down. Here you go. China oil um, imports from Iran, Iran climbed to the highest in eight months in April, which saw the country's stock of Iranian crude before exemptions of the U.S. sanctions expired. New tanks data shows that the world's biggest oil importer purchased about 800,000 barrels a day from Iranian oil, the highest since August. And I think that this is all a part of what's happening globally, and, and we'll get into that as well. Next article, breaking news. Iran uh, nullifies deal partners of, uh, excuse me, Iranian, Iran nullifies deal partners of plan to suspend some co uh, commitments. So basically Iran has um, actually nullified some of the 2015 nuclear deal that they had. Iran has informed five remaining signatures to the 2015 nuclear deal of its decision to suspend, to suspend implementations of some of its commitments under the mutual agreement exactly one year after the United States unilaterally abandoned the international document. So check out that article, and here it comes. Sputnik News. Netanyahu vows to stop Iran from getting nuclear amidst popular nuclear deal crisis. All set up. Here we go. So that's what's in the news. If you'd like to get in on the conversation at any time, give us a call, 704-802-5056. 704-802-5056 is the call-in number, and we will see you in, well, we'll see or hear you in queue. If, if I'm not there, just say excuse me, and we will bring you up. I would like to, Scotty, if you would, I sent you an article from RT International. If you could play that, and this is the article that I want to start today's show, and and, and move into what's so significant about that. And this article, as Scotty cues that up, this article is this, is that 
RT had had an article. Any U.S. action in Venezuela would be lawful. Pompeo drums up invasion option after failed coup attempt. Now, here's the significance of that. On Sunday, last Sunday, the celebrity figurehead head of state actually had a a uh, oh shoot a um, meet the press hour. I forget what it was, and and this is where he said this here. We're going to play that. When Scotty is ready, very, very, very important. So let's play that, and then we'll get into that, Ten and we're going to get into today's Friday, show. Want to get uh, with the president's story. national security team. Uh, I, I know the line that you've said. The president said. Everybody has said all options are on the table. But is a U.S. military invasion of Venezuela really an option? Oh, make no mistake. We have a full range of options that we're preparing for. That's part of what we were doing on Friday was making sure that uh, when this progresses. Uh, and different situation arises that the president has a full-scale set of options, diplomatic options, political options, options with our allies, and then ultimately a set of options that would involve use of uh, U.S. military. Uh, we're preparing those for him so that when the uh, situation arises, we're not flat-footed. Does the president believe that he can uh, intervene militarily without getting congressional authorization? Yeah, I, well? I, don't, I don't want to speak to that. The president has his full range of Article II authorities, and I'm very confident that any action we took in Venezuela would be lawful. There you go. Notice when he said, he said when. Didn't say if. Didn't say possibly. He said when. He said when twice. That's all tells for those within the realm that heads up, here's what we plan on doing. And he was going to, saying that the that celebrity figure Trump would use, would intervene in Venezuela militarily under Article 2. The U.S. intervening in Venezuela, would, and they said it would be completely legal. It's not. Never has been, never would be. It would be completely unlawful. The U.S. has no clear global interest in Venezuela other than to control Venezuela and control its resources. When they always talk about they've acted in the interest of the United States, so what? What does that really mean? If someone is stealing from someone else, they're acting in their, they could say that they're acting in their best interest for me to take this from you because it, it better serves me to have it than you. And since you're not doing what I told you to do as a sovereign government, which means that you've been actually colonized by, the gov by a government, then that we can invoke. And they're talking about Article 2 of the U.S. Constitution. And this is the thing, the president acting as commander-in-chief of the country's armed forces. Here's the problem with Article 2. The thing about Article 2 is this. Let me just say this. Let's just hear this quote. Quote, the president has the full range of Article 2 authorities, and I'm confident that any action we took in Venezuela would be lawful. Here's the thing about Article 2 and being the commander-in-chief of the government armed forces. 
the actual celebrity figurehead president of the United States is only the commander-in-chief of the armed forces during an act of war. If it's not an act of war, there is no... See, that's the, that's the blurred line that they, that they actually purposely blurred. If there is no act of war, there is no such thing as the commander-in-chief. You can only become commander-in-chief under declaration of war. Most people don't know that. So that they, and they commonly hear he's the commander-in-chief of the military. True, when it's war. Hey, Dave, when there's a declaration of war by Congress. See, this is the, the slippery slope we've been on with the creation of the so-called war on terror. How can you have a war yeah. on a tactic? You know, you can't have that kind of war. Yeah. And so they've expanded the executive power, um, or they're telling people that we had this power. And But, you know, the reporter asked him, so he going to do something in Venezuela with the military without, you know, approval, seeking approval from Congress? So that's what they're talking about. And and, and Pompeo um, is is just going with whatever they was told or telling you the line they're going to take to act without Congress, which would be unconstitutional, actually an impeachable offense. Yep, yep. And it always has been. And it's been used not just by this one, it's been used by all of them. Every single one of all of them. But Congress has sat back in the loud pad. They loud... Uh, Bush, they yep, allowed sure. Obama. So what? They, you think they're going to draw a line in the sand with Trump? I don't think so, because the Democratic leadership is on board with invading uh, Venezuela. Yep. Yep, all of it is. And this is very, very important. But see, I wanted to just make it clear that, see, there is no such of a such thing as a commander-in-chief. Just because you're the overall celebrity figurehead president, doesn't mean automatically you become commander-in-chief of the military. No. That, that overall commander-in-chief of the military is only once war has been declared by Congress. And from them, they've expanded, like Scotty said, they expanded the overall executive powers of the overall president, but it still goes against what they so-called their constitution allows them to do because they need to change it. Now, I said all of this because of this. Any act in Venezuela is a legal act, is, is actually an act of war against the country, and the U.S. can be set up later on after they lose the war as the aggressors of war and, and actually, actually be charged with human rights violation, war crimes, and international war uh, uh, illegal war, excuse me, illegal war crimes, and be subject to re, uh, repercussions by way of having to pay reparations, and that's what's going to happen. This is going to this is going to be set up, and I want to talk about the significance of Venezuela really quickly. Let me. There's another article that's very critical. And I want you to think about this as well. The, the, the second article, the third article that we have in today's from NPR.org. I want you to think about this. I want to just touch this real quick and then go into, in the last hour, the very significant part of 
what I wanted to discuss with you all. There's an article from NPR where Venezuela in chaos, mangoes are the unsung heroes. During these troubling times, and here's the article, during these troubling times in Venezuela, the mangoes have a new identity. We, quote, we call them the noise takers because they calm down the noise Calm down the noise that our stomachs make when we're hungry. Hernandez says, who managed a modest business that upholstered vehicles in Venezuela. There are a lot of hungry people in the crisis in Venezuela. We're going to take a historical look at this crisis from looking back to the 80s, when this real, the crisis that is now in Venezuela, it really, really took steam in the 80s. This isn't something that just happened to come upon. It's been around for a while, and and it's very important because there's a reason why. But it goes on. Nearly 90% of families don't earn enough money to buy food they need, according to the latest Life Condition National Survey running uh, annually by college professors. Now, all of this information, can you take it as face value? Who, who is this agenda being set for? But there's still a lot of things that's going on. And it's purposely, Venezuela is in the overall crosshairs for invasion and military intervention, not because of the humanitarian crisis, but because of the humanitarian crisis that's going to use as a ploy to be able to seize their overall natural resource of oil, which is very important, cr- critically important to Western powers. Here it goes. And there are a lot of... Oh, we read that part. Hernandez, who in his late 40s eats a couple of mangoes for breakfast almost every day. He picks them from many fruits that fall to the ground from two 82-foot tall trees that cast shadows on his workplace. They are slightly sour and bitter, but if they're green and sweet, then they're fully right. In fact, the tree shreds so much mangoes that his sandy yard, he said, move it down. He said that workers and maids from, from nearby stores and apartments often come by to ask him for some. Some local uh, workers are saying that the abundance of, of mangoes of Venezuela are the real humanitarian aid. The mangoes have gained extra value for Venezuelans in recent years because of the aggravated hunger. The head of this uh, charity fraternity who distributes free lunches to some 600 Venezuelan children and 800 elderly people on, on weekdays, her charity serves mangoes with lunch. She adds that many of, those, uh, many of our children eat too many mangoes during the weekend and we do not, feed, we do not offer them free lunches. To them, the mangoes. Move this down. The mangoes may be free as well, but so many mango trees in public spaces and private yards in Venezuelan cities with tropical weather that the people can can't help themselves. And there is a good supply. Mango trees bear fruit for about a month at a time during a during a three during excuse me during three times a year in Venezuela. When they are in, in the right season, they're in the right season now. The mangoes turn out to be a pretty good food to turn in a time of need. 
a couple of diced mangoes meet about half of the requirements and daily allowance for vitamin C and a quarter of the RDA of vitamin A and fiber content is high. The fiber increases with, when it gets to the touch, excuse me, fiber increases when it gets in touch with stomach fluids. That's why people feel saturated. Uh, Marquez uh, Lopez said the head of the School of Nutrition and Dietary University in Venezuela, one of the largest in the country. But on the main course, the mangoes do have shortcomings. For example, there's only one gram of protein in one cup of servings. Yet for many Venezuelans, Venezuelan, there may not be an alternative. A 75-year-old pensioner and survivor, move this in, shoot Saves that mango uh, saves mangoes outside the uh, Catholic charity where he wants where he waits for a free plate of soup alongside other dozens uh, other excuse me I'm so sorry alongside dozens of elders and he's talking about at this Catholic charity I'm sorry about this when my voice is gone and I can't I'm trying to keep up with this daggone my page keeps jumping uh, where we are here it is also quote. We have, we're having a really bad time. This fruit is the favorite one for us. I can have it any time of the day. It calms down the hunger a little bit, he says, smiling. Let me stop there. So basically what they're saying, because Venezuela has a tropical climate, has so many mango trees, and the mangoes produce three times a year, and they have trees that's 80 feet in, in what was it, uh, what was the 82 feet and, uh, and up to 100 feet tall. So imagine how much mangoes that's going to be producing. It's the saving grace for many people in Venezuela. And I want you to think about that for a minute. This is where people that say that money is not important don't really understand what money is. These mangoes is money because it's sustaining people and preventing people from starving in so many ways in Venezuela. And thank God that they have that tropical climate, that that's the ideal for those mango trees to grow as tall. And just imagine an 80-foot mango tree, how much it could actually produce and fruit during three times a year. And it's not just, you know, these mango trees are in a lot of places in Venezuela. So that is actually favorable for the Venezuelan people. And I would just say this. Where in the United States could that be comparable to? When everything here, most of the things that's here, there are pecan trees in different places. Yep, an abundance of them. There's different places that produce this and that. But here's this. Imagine when things go awry here in the state. Imagine when things, Venezuela at least because of its geographical location is able to produce things, money in a way that benefits the people during these hard times. The United States is not so fortunate. The United States is fortunate this way 
is that it's farmland and this soil is great for farming. But it doesn't have an abundance, it doesn't have a tropical environment that can, that can actually produce large amounts of food such as mangoes, but what the U.S. will produce is that it does have a lot of, of nut trees, but the nuts are, you know, that, that would, 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 is smaller, but the overall vitamin intake, fiber intake, and the intake that they have, it offers some, but it doesn't have the overall abundance that Venezuela has because Venezuela has multiple things because of its tropical environment that it produces and it yields its fruits. So I just wanted to talk about that with you all before we go into today's show and want you to think about that. In those areas, like, you know, in the, uh, the Delta area of the United States, there's a lot of pecan trees, and they produce a lot of pecans, and they've been there for a long time. And they're upwards. They're pretty darn tall. They're pretty big, and they produce a lot, a lot. Those areas are going to do significantly better than areas that don't have. And remember, the United, States is, the United States is really set up on a grid city square, not a rural square grid, meaning that they push populations to cities. There are very few cities that have the overall natural production of money from trees. So the population here is going to be contending with something different than what Venezuelans are, are dealing with. It's still brutally difficult, but at least there, there are some things, there are some benefits that differ between there and here. And I just wanted to, to make that point to you all. Listen, we got to get ready to go to a commercial break. Sorry about <clears throat> I'm losing my voice, but it'll come back. You're listening to Tando Radio Show, brought to you by Black Talk Radio Network. When we come back, we need to take a historical look at something that's very important and what it means for today and the convergence for the measure of conflict. It can't be turned around, in my opinion, now. You're listening to Tando Radio Show, brought to you by Black Talk Radio Network. We'll be right back after this quick commercial break. You are tuned in to the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts and live program scheduling, visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com. Okay, welcome back, everyone. The Tando Radio Show brought to you by Black Talk Radio Network. If you'd like to get in on the conversation, give us a call, 704-802-5056. 704-802-5056 is the call-in number. And what I want to hey, do Jay. now is I want to take a look at yeah, go ahead. go ahead, Keith. Yeah, I want to, the point that you're making right before the break, I think a couple of the other differences, of course, is when you were talking about the mango trees and how the mangoes were dispensed to the people around them and the, the owners and stuff. The other difference is here is almost all our farmland, all the food, all the food is being produced not by local farmers, but by corporations. Yeah. And we all yes, see how the United States, pardon me. 
No, I say keep that, that see very how good. Say again, Dave. No, no, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead, Keith. So we already know the attitude of corporations in this country. I mean, money and the bottom line is the bottom deal. So whereas you have you have neighbors helping out neighbors and all of that kind of stuff in Venezuela, uh, people trying to get by. I don't think you have that much in the United States anymore. Yes, and I think out of necessity, that's going to have to return. But it's going to be a process to get there, because um, there's some, you know, you know, the, the the key is that in communities, in some communities, it, it's going to come much much quicker. But in the grid system that we have city-wise, it's going, to, it's going to be slower and it's going to be more violent before it gets to that. Yes, he's so, so true. And, and like you said, a lot of some of the production, because the United States is great for farming, and that farming is based off of uh, privatized business. And that's a huge difference between just the neighborhood having fruit trees in their overall in the neighborhoods. There's a big difference. Those those the farmland has been cultivated for business. The fruit trees in Venezuela are, are just a part of their overall natural uh, um arborness. The trees that are there and it's in the neighborhoods. Huge, huge difference. Right, please. So Today I want to really take a look at, and I don't know if, and I want to take a look at what's going on in Venezuela and put this convergence, conveyance into conflict together. And I'll just say this, in my opinion, the Iranian deal actually was the deal that broke the trade deal with China and the U.S. Here's, here's why. Right now, the trade talks, China has basically canceled any more meetings with the U.S., and the U.S. by Friday is going to increase the overall tariffs against Chinese goods by 25%. It's all our trade war. Here's what I think happened. The U.S. went to China during this trade deal and said, look, here's the deal. You're going to stop buying Venice, uh, Iranian oil, and you're going to minimize your, excuse me, one second. You're going to minimize your impact and your influence in Venezuela, and then we'll give you a trade deal that's good for you. And that's just, I don't know exactly how it went, but believe me, Venezuela and Iran is very, very critically significant to China. And China probably told them, no, we're not going to do that deal. No, we're not. And what happened was that the tariffs, excuse me, the deal, the Iranian deal, was killed actually to multiple, on multiple fronts to put pressure on China to get back into line with the U.S. China didn't take the deal. Immediately when that happened, the U.S. sent military vessels, naval vessels, into the South Sea of China. 
Not the South Sea of the United States, not the South Sea of France, but the South Sea of China. That's the name of it, the South Sea of China. So who do you think that those territorial waters were recognized under? The South Sea of China. So they sent vessels into the South Sea of China to say, okay, if you're not going to take what we offer, there's always our naval diplomacy that we use. Remember they said that before with, with, with Russia. We'll send 100 tons of U.S. diplomatic influence. Well, that overall influence doesn't stand anymore. So what did China do? Cool, we're not going to take any deals. What they're probably going to do is they're going to strengthen their overall ties in both of the countries. This is why the, this issue with the trade, the Iranian sanctions are all converting at, converging at one time. And Venezuela is all, all of this is coming together at one time because there is an intention here. There is an intention to divide and to prevent Russia from China from aligning together to displace the U.S. Because Russia and China are actually enemies. And I definitely think that after the U.S. is done, there was a high probability that there will be a war between Russia and China over the spoils of defeating the defeat of the United States of, of, of America. I do see that. And, the, and I think that that stoking is starting up now. But this all goes together. Now, Iran is going to cancel, nullify some agreements of the nuclear deal, and they said they're going to start to enrich in uranium, uranium, which, in my opinion, they already have, and they already have nuclear weapons. This is going to cause for Israel, which this over the weekend was under significant hostilities with Gaza, with Hezbollah, and this is going to invoke that into further, and then there actually could be an Israeli attack on Iran. And now you have the Strait of Hormuz that's being said to, hey, we will, Iran says that we will have, <clears throat> we will slow the flow or stop the flow or shut the overall flow of ships, tankers, in the Strait of Hormuz. Just by saying that, the tankers won't even challenge Iran because the insurance of the tankers will. And the U.S. will say, hey, we're going to use military might. This is why they're sending the overall. They got the fifth fleet there, and they're sending uh, a carrier group, the at Abraham Lincoln Strike Carrier Group, aircraft carrier with its overall strike group, to the Persian Gulf, to those waters right now. This all changes everything for the way that you live and the way that I live. But what I really want to do is, in that, I want to take a look at something that's very important. And I want to tell you about the rise of, of Hugo Chavez in Venezuela and or talk about that and why that was so important and how that was significant for for now, and, and what some of the things that went back from that.
So back in the 80s, Venezuela was under, and this goes back to, to the 80s, Venezuela was under <clears throat> the rule of a president, and it was uh, Carlos Perez Rodriguez, I believe his, his, his name, one of his names was Rodriguez. No, 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 it was actually uh, Carlos Perez is who Chavez, yes, it was Carlos, Carlos Perez. Okay, I remember. Okay, now. So Carlos Perez was the president of Venezuela back in the 80s. And what happened was, just like pretty much in, in Libya, there was a young officer within the Venezuelan military that came into power and attempted a coup. Venezuela, the coup didn't work, but in Libya, when Muammar Gaddafi was a colonel, his coup did work in the 70s. But what happened was this in Venezuela. Venezuela was under the overall influence of Western powers, and you know Western powers, main, in, uh, part of that is the U.S., Western powers with the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, I call them the international, you can kind of figure it out, fund, started to put Venezuela under economic restraints. And what happens, what the IMF does is they give them loans and then they strangle you out by taking your resources. So they started to attack Venezuela. And what happened was, Venezuela started to lose its economic positioning because of the, the richness that its natural gas and oil produces, one of the largest oil-producing countries in OPEC. That became uh, targeted, and the administrations that were there, Perez's administration, didn't rebuff it. They actually co-signed on it all, and they allowed it to happen. And so what happened was there were austerity measures and there was hard economic times that hit Venezuela. Well, during that time, in the military, there was a, a young officer named Hugo Chavez. And Hugo Chavez, in 1992, led a a, a actual coup. Now, significance of this, this is all during the same time that Russia was so-called collapsing. But it was the smartest move, in my opinion, that Russia did at that time. Because what they did was that they, how do you defeat a superpower? Make them think that they're the overall king on the hill, that they're the champion, and you, you bow down. What are they going to do? They're going to party and there's an old Biggie song. They're going to party and do a bunch of other stuff, and then they're going to get arrogantly 
They're going to get arrogant, a sense of self-entitlement, and a sense that they can never be defeated. And so it was one of the smartest moves at that time that Russia did. It it was a psyop against the U.S. that went went unnoticed. It was one of the smartest tactics of war, in my opinion, that's been played because now it's going to show its true faith. So now during that time, Chavez started a coup in Venezuela. And I remember when it it happened because it was significant for me at that time because I'm looking at this young guy and I'm saying, wow, something about him. So Hugo Chavez started a coup. It was actually suppressed. That coup was suppressed. But years later, Chavez then was able to reemerge, and he ran for president, and then that's when he defeated Salinas. I mean, not Salinas, um, uh, Roma, Roma. And when Chavez won, he actually won pretty much in a landslide. And the reason why he, he was able to win was because of what Chavez's policies were. He was like, no, no, no. You have allowed the IMF and the United States and the Western powers to pillage our co- country. So he ran and on the pretense that he was going to change Venezuela and give Venezuela back to the Venezuelan people. And because of that, he was, he was able to take over not by coup but by election. And when and Chavez came in, coming from the failed coup of 92, he was able to reestablish and take a different direction, and then he took on the overall U.S. and IMF to get them out of Venezuela. And what he was able to do, once he became president, he nationalized the oil fields. And he had an anti-poverty campaign. But remember, Chavez came from the military. Maduro was a part of Chavez's cabinet. He was actually the vice president of, of Chavez, and he was the president finally before Chavez because of cancer, and I believe it was actually a a assassination cancer, had ended Chavez's physical life. And what Chavez was able to do was he was able to defeat the elitists in Venezuela because what they were doing was that they was getting exceedingly wealthy off of the people's labor, and off of the resources of Venezuela, and they weren't, they didn't have the appropriate payment or infrastructure for the people. So when they talk about socialism collapsing, that's because the overall colonial capitalists 
had exploited the people. One of the things that the capitalists always said that socialist is great until you money. Well, see, capitalism is great until you until you run out of being able to steal people's energy. And the people of Venezuela got fed up from the from the austerity measures that was placed in Venezuela. And then that's where Chavez became the popular figurehead for a move away from that. So Chavez starts to realign Venezuela. And this is why he's so adored in Venezuela and why I'm not surprised that the military leaders are in, in hierarchy in Venezuela. They were around during Chavez's time. They knew Chavez. And many of them participated in his first coup attempt. And I don't think you're going to flip them. Because here's why you're not going to flip them, in my opinion. It could flip because of a lot of different things. It's because China and Russia came into sourcing into Venezuela and have actually, during these times, have actually financially aided Venezuela. And the agreement, I believe, is, hey, you have this large oil we we will actually pay for your oil and get you out of the IMF debt agenda. Because if you stay with the IMF, if you stay with things as is now, they're only going to get worse and they're only going to take more. Because what they're going to do is that they're going to try to revert back to and take the overall high ground and take the ground that Chavez and the impact and momentum that Chavez was able to to acquire. So during that whole time, Chavez starts to change Venezuela and it becomes public enemy number one. He really, really overstepped by the the Western powers when he repatriated his gold. When Chavez repatriated his gold, they took the opportunity to say, okay, now we have to end this, and we're going to kill two birds with one stone. And the two birds with one stone is that when Chavez repatriated his gold, he was one of the first major countries to ask their gold back, so it was a, a run on the banks for gold. Guess what the Western powers did, influence did? They took the gold from Libya. How did they take the gold from Libya? They sparked a overall conflict in Libya in order to nullify and kill Gaddafi, take the gold, and they sent that gold to Venezuela, but they knew that they were going to nullify or, or attack the Venezuelan economy and make them sell that gold back, but they had to get rid of Chavez and Gaddafi, especially for where things were going in the world. 
here's why. If if Chavez and 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 Gaddafi was alive today, the overall paradigm of power would be so would shift so much towards those that oppose the U.S. globally. Why? Because of the resources that those countries commanded. So if you look at today, with the coup that, that happened today, they're trying to repeat what Chavez was able to accomplish under Guaido. But the conditions and the agenda of this is not what the people want, in my overall estimation. And it's not going to work. It's absolutely not going to work. The only thing, and, and as Pompeo said, when the U.S. intervened, He said when in two different contexts, but under the same pretext that they are going to, because they're going to have no choice, because the South Sea of China is going to explode. The Mediterranean is going to explode. And when those things go into full-blown confrontation, the access to a large amount of resources, particularly oil, in, in the U U.S.'s close to the United, continental United States is going to be strategically important. The seizing of Lebanese light sweet oil is going to be exceedingly important. This is why now Libya is all of a sudden back in contention and destabilized. It's a global move, ladies and gentlemen. And this global move is going to make its way here to the continental United States in a very big defined way because the stakes are just that high. It's no coincidence that all of these events are happening at one time. And here are the events. China's trade deal, the U.S. posturing in the South Sea of China, China's influence in Venezuela, China's influence in, in, uh, on the continent of Africa, from Djibouti to Libya to Ghana to South Africa. The Korean Peninsula, Iran, Iraq, in Syria, the Golden Heights. All of these are strategically significant because of the natural resource output that these areas are able to produce. And the natural resource output that is able to produce in North Korea is that is large mineral rights with inside of North, or large mineral deposits that are inside of North Korea, particularly silver. Now that the U.S. is being challenged and the Western powers are being challenged and divided 
in this fight that's being spearheaded by the BRIC nations. And I thought it was very, and I thought it was important that the U.S. tried to break up the BRIC, uh, the consortium of nations in BRICS, and they did. And I thought the key country was going to be India. In my opinion, India decided to go the Russian-Chinese route, while Brazil, once they couldn't get India, they focused on Brazil. And I think Brazil temporarily will actually be on the western side of things, but for a short period of time. They will probably come back, too, because they are actually in BRICS already. And Brazil is a consortium of nations. Brazil, Russia, India, and China, and South Africa. But many countries, Mexico wants to join, Turkey wants to join. Many, many countries inside of, of, of uh, on the continent of Africa want to join. It's the move towards the new global economy that's based in trade will be based off of collateralized assets. So, all these things are converging at one time, purposely done. It's not even, it's a multi-front convergence that's happening. And if you look at it, it's all surrounding now. The, one of the U.S. policies or our practices was to, to counteract Russia by surrounding it. But what the Russians were able to do was that they were able to asymmetrically counteract and surround the U.S. Think about it. You have Asia to the far west. You got South America that is going to actually have Central America and South America make a huge move switch towards against the United States. Europe. the Middle East and Africa. And then there is a major, 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 major push into the Arctic. The U.S. doesn't even have a vessel, an ice cutter any longer that can go into the Arctic. But Russia and China are actually racing into the Arctic. Why? Because of the, the overall resource natural resource output of that area. So there is a asymmetrical surrounding of, of the continental the United States and the Western procedures, colonial procedures in operation. And it doesn't look good. It's beyond it doesn't look good. It's basically over. And when it's over, commonly what bullies will do is that they will try to start a fight and try to invoke their will from that fight. And I just don't see it happening because of the multiple parties and country, and I think it is the overall global agenda for the U.S. to expire as a superpower. 
and to transfer that title to another nation so that that can be maximized, the momentum from that can be maximized and exploited for the system to continue to reap what it has been reaping for centuries upon centuries, centuries, that being human control. Controlling one of the greatest resources and forms of money that we know, and that would be the human resource pool. So, just wanted to give some look at that. Then we go into a commercial break, and when we come back for the last half hour, we'd like to get in on the conversation. Give us a call, 704-802-5056, 704-802-5056. When we come back, take a look at this from a strategical point of view for each of us here. Scotty, give me like two minutes. Um, three minutes in the in the break so that we can come back and jump right into the show. You're listening to Tando Radio Show brought to you by Black Talk Radio Network. We'll be right back after this quick commercial break. I'm sorry. Why we have dead air? All right. Yes. Yeah, sorry about uh, commercial break, Scotty. Sorry, about I was about to just jump back in. Okay. Um, so, Scotty, uh, if you give me like uh, uh, three minutes in the break, and then we'll come right back and jump back into the show. You're listening to Tando Radio Show, brought to you by Black Talk Radio Network. We'll be right back after these, this commercial break. Life, life, life. I wonder, I wonder, will it take me under, me under, me 
Dragging in the street without cops harassing. Imagine going to court with no trial. Lifestyle proves a blue behind the waters. No welfare supporters. More conscious of the way we raise our daughters. Days are shorter, nights are colder. Feeling like life is over. These snakes strike like a cobra. The world's hot, my son got knocked. Evidently, it's elementary. They want us all gone eventually. Trooping out of state for a plate. Knowledge is good without the garbage. We'd all have the top dollars. Imagine everybody flashing. Fashion, designer clothes. Lacing your click up with diamond rolls. Your people rolling dough, no parole. No rubbers. Going raw, imagine law with no undercovers. Just some thoughts for the mind. I take a glimpse into time. Watch the blimp read the world is mine. If I Make Black Talk Radio your choice for digital black radio. New black media for the new millennium. Welcome back, everyone, to Tando Radio Show, brought to you by Black Talk Radio Network. I'm your host, Dave, from L.A. If you'd like to get in on a conversation, give us a call, 704-802-5056. 704-802-5056 is the call-in number. And... We'd love to hear from you. And I, I said all of this uh, from the last one because we are in a very, very critical, in my opinion, critical stage globally, geopolitically, right now. Now, don't think that it is something that I want to sh- share with you all and just some of my thoughts. Don't think it's, a, it's a, a coincidence that there was the meeting with Angela Merkel, that celebrity figurehead, Secretary of State Pompeo, abruptly canceled, and I would say it was a a hastily canceled meeting. And it was supposed to, and from Sputnik News, U.S. Secretary of State Pompeo abruptly canceled his visit to Germany this week where he was scheduled to meet with Chancellor Angela Merkel. This sparked speculations about the German-U.S. relationships falling apart and prompted a journalist to call on Berlin to develop a, a strategy for post-Trump era. The abrupt cancellation of Mike Pompeo visit is difficult to excuse. Noted in an article from the respected outline, outlined uh, magazine, he pointed out that there is rudeness in the world of diplomacy, like missing, a, like mi- missing important international meetings as foreign ministers and isolation from referring to uh, Pompeo's announcement just hours before the meeting with Angela Merkel and his, and his German counterpart. It's not clear which matters are more urgent then an inaugural visit to Berlin, but voiced his convictions that much of what was praised as the American-German friendship not so, is not so long ago is in shreds. The two years after the inauguration of the current U.S. President Donald Trump, adding to the journalist's transformed policies follows the maximum of assertion that one only, one's only interest against allies, not only with a clever diplomacy, but by brute power policies, which Europeans and Germany in particular experienced 
in disputes over tariffs. So let me just say this. Why did Pompeo abruptly end or cancel his meeting with Merkel? Because it wasn't something small. There's something that's huge that's going on. During when there was the coup last week that failed in Venezuela, the breakdown of the talks, trade talks with China, which is huge. Now the U.S. is invoking 25% tariffs. Darn near immediately, even before Friday. Iran, the waivers on buying Iranian oil ended last week. Or, or, yeah, last week, about six days ago. And Iran now cancels its overall nuclear agreement with the consigners that remember that remained in the 2015 assignment uh, agreement. What could be going on in the world? I'm going to tell you this is what I think. And over the weekend, <clears throat> there was major missile attacks in Israel from Gaza that was over a thousand missile attacks that caused for Netanyahu, in my opinion, to start the overall invasion process of Gaza. And remember, the Golden Heights has now been annexed by the U.S. and Israel. Hey, Dave. So what can you... Yeah. Well, I, I just want to point out, though, I'm glad you mentioned the ad, annex of Syrian property and what have you. And some of those... Um, so the, Israel has long been the aggressor in this situation. And, you know, yeah. I, I just want people to be cognizant of the framing from the Western media, particularly American cable news and what and what have you, uh, but Israel is the aggressor. And when they say rockets, what type of rockets? Do they name the type? Rockets have names. What type of rockets? Because they could be bottle rockets. But they say over a thousand rockets was was shot. This could be homemade stuff. What type of what type of rockets or missiles? You understand what I'm saying? Sure, sure, absolutely, Scotty, and and all very significant, especially for the current climate. Basically, and not only that, I'm gonna tell you. After the 2003 ordeal with Iran, Iraq, excuse me, you know that there isn't anything that you can trust, or you should you shouldn't trust anything. But I wouldn't be surprised because of this. Remember when I said that I truly believe, and I'm going to talk touch on that now, I truly believe that Iran has nuclear capabilities now. So now when they say that they can shut the Strait of Hormuz is under different, they can defend themselves now. And why would Pompeo all of a sudden cancel the visit with Merkel? There's something has to be on the magnitude of something huge has to happen in order for 
that cancellation to happen. And I'm going to say this. I think it's multi-front. I think that there's been a message sent by China about the South Sea of China and their business agreements and engagements with Iran and Venezuela. They may have even told the U.S. The only lines that are going to be, the only lines that we will not allow to be crossed is going to be the South Sea of China and starving out the Chinese economy based off of oil. We will now move into funding your enemies. And funding them. Remember, Iran and China have a military agreement and pact to defend each other, as well as Russia with Iran. Could it be that today they announced, Iran announced that they were going to resume nuclear enrichment today? And when they do that, what does Iran know? Knows that Netanyahu has been pushing for the overall military campaign against Iran. So could it be that things change the overall direction from the Secretary of State because of Iran is now positioning itself for defense against the U.S. and Israel? Yes. Absolutely. And remember, the U.S. has also said, I read the article, that they have reserved the, the right to have a preemptive strike against Russia, Iran. And I believe that preemptive strike that they want to use is also going to be against China. Remember they're talking about military intervention in Venezuela, which will bring direct military conflict with Russia. So what is happening in the world that that overall cancelization could have happened? Well, it's pretty obvious. And the thing about it was that he was supposed to meet her today. He was already in Germany, about to meet Merkel, and he left for cold turkey. You don't just do that. What changes the overall dynamics for that to happen? Something very significant that's not in mainstream media here in the U.S. has happened in the past the past 96 hours, really the past week since the Iranian sanctions ended, the earmark for war has ramped it up greatly because that's what that overall waivers will produce, and it's starting to produce that now. I definitely think... Because here, here's what it is. Think about it. Germany and the U.S. are supposed to be allied, NATO allies. If something so drastic came up that he needed to cancel the meeting, 
what, what, what protocol would have said that that overall ally, you were informed them of what the overall emergency situation is instead of canceling it and, and leaving abruptly. Could it be that a message was also delivered in Germany before the meeting with Merkel about what Germany's role and, and allegiance and now moving towards is going to be? Imagine this. If you were there and all of a sudden the friend that you thought that you had says, guess what? We're going to continue to buy Iranian oil. Oh, and by the way, they just they just ended the 2015 agreement, and they're going to enrich uranium. Oh, and we're going to buy their oil as well. What would that do to, to, to the celebrity figurehead Secretary of State? Here's what it would do. You would end that meeting right then and there. Tell Merkel, I'm not even going to meet you. Communicate that to Washington, and then Washington will tell you where you're going after that. Because guess what? That plan was already in place, and they knew. So... Pompeo was probably there to deliver a message to Merkel about don't do this. And guess what Merkel said? No. This is huge with everything that's going on. Now, I'm just guessing. And I'm just putting a hypothetical situation. Basically, what I'm saying is this is the hypothetical situation. The U.S. realizes now that it has to engage in military conflict to invoke his will, and they're going to start that campaign very soon, and it's going to be earmarked in Iran, Syria, Venezuela, and the South Sea of China. Because no other tactics. You can't bribe the rest of the world with the U.S. dollar. It's not worth anything. It has no purchasing power. It has no sustainability. Nobody wants to hold a bunch of U.S. cash because in the, it, it relatively soon, in their estimations, is going to be worthless. So why are you giving me a dead man walking bill, a non-performing note, non-performing debt, no, we'll pass. And hey, Dave. this is quite alarming. Yeah, go ahead. And then when you think about it, you know, going to war, that's just going to put you even more in debt because you're going to have to borrow even more from the Fed. So, you know, this... this it's 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 yeah. like a cash twenty two, you know. But these leaders, it seems, of other nations, are putting their national interests ahead of the U.S. It seems like that's the trend, be, you know, because the U.S. has used the threat of violence, bribery, which they call U.S. aid, 
packages and and what have you um, to represent American interests. And then, you know, somebody, I would love to get one of these pundits on television using that term of American interest. What does that really mean? How do you define that? Right, right, Scotty. You know, how do you define that? Because if you're saying it's in my interest to have low gas prices and, and food prices to be stable and stuff. Yeah, that would be in my interest, but what costs? And do I want to pay that cost? And that cost is going to be be blood, guts, and, and death. And I don't want cheap gas and stable food prices at at the expense of somebody else's life, you know? And, and that's what we yep. really have to ask ourselves as citizens of this corporation, whether you, whether you, you know, signed up for it or you accepted it, that's, you live in the jurisdiction of this corporation and it's not un, yet untied. So you're a citizen of the corporation and you're paying taxes to the corporation. Is that in your interest? Do you want that? It, you know, it's a moral question uh, uh, to me. But then, you know, you, it's still, like I was saying earlier, the Catch-22, you doing all this threatening and sending. How much money it costs to send this carrier group, you know, to uh, threaten Iran? How much did that cost? All these th- things cost money. You know what I'm saying? And then, yeah. again, you know, we're talking about a petrol dollar. Um, so Germany won't be using the U.S. dollar to purchase this. It's, uh, they'll use something else. So with that, the waivers, they wait, wait, would... Wait, 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 wait. That could have been the deal breaker right then and there. Exactly. And what Scotty just said, what if Merkel would have said, hey, this, 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 and oh, by the way, we, we won't be using the current U.S. currency to, to make these purchases of Iranian oil. Because they oh, can't boy. legally. I mean, skin, when yep, we say legally, can. that's if they play by the U.S. rules. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And and the whole world's been forced to purchase oil with petrodollars or the U.S. dollar. That's really what gives is gives it value. Okay, yep. is is these countries doing trade in U.S. dollars? And so you know, Dave, over the years you've been documenting how they've been moving away from the U.S. dollar and the systems that you know the U.S. dollar is is uh. Uh, pushed upon the world through. So if you put sanctions on the country and say, you know, hey, you can't purchase, you know, oil from Iran, then of course they're not going to use U.S. dollars to make that purchase. If they're going to use their self-determination, look at the, their interests above so-called U.S. interests, then, you know, they're going to use something else in trade for trading for their oil. Yep, Exactly. Because I don't think Iran is accepting U.S. dollars. I don't know. Would they? No. No. And 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 everything that and the dynamics of everything completely changed with that meeting once Iran announced. Guess what? Hey, we're out of this nuclear deal. The, the, this is huge. This is huge. Now and for Iran to Iran knows. Once they back out of that nuclear deal, and once the other governments are, are being sanctioned from buying Iranian oil, they know that they have only to. Really, what is happening is that the U.S. is placing Iran, Russia, and China in the same position it, it was able to maneuver Japan into, starving them out. 
Well, we got if you, we got Bolton or one of them on tape. We played it audio. I believe we played the audio yeah, of saying we will starve the people of Iran. You know, and and that's one of the things yeah. they do. They starve the people like they've been trying to starve out the people of Cuba. Oh, rise up and overthrow your government. You know. So I, I mean, the things that the U.S. engages in. Just imagine if if another country really, really, really was engaging in that sort of activity and, and uh, towards the U.S. and calling on the U.S. citizens to rise up. And, and you know what I'm saying? Like if you, you know, you're not safe. In, what if the rest of the world said uh, put a travel ban on American citizens? I should say U.S. citizens. Uh, what if they put a travel ban and say until you do something about your belligerent, violent government and and have a revolution or something, you're you're trapped, <laughs> you know. So you build all the walls you want to, cause we don't want you. You know what I'm saying? Uh, well, you know how would yeah. how would U.S. citizens look at that? Sure, sure. And see, the 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 U.S. citizens are are kind of. Putting into the place, like you said, Scotty, by aiding and abetting this, because we live in this jurisdiction. Because the U.S., when they say the best interest and they'll say the price of oil, everybody say, yeah, keep that gas low. Keep that this and that. But what's really happening is that the gas isn't low. It comes at a high cost. And that cost is that the instability can only last for so long before it turns out to an all right confrontation. And guess who's going to fight that overall confrontation? Those that declare war don't fight it. Their citizens do. Those that create debt don't pay it. Their citizens do. Those that create laws don't obey it. They make their citizens obey those laws. And it comes back and is not in the best interest it's not just the U.S., but the U.S. is the prime example of where you can see exactly what's being done. Now, is it, that is the system that you want to actually uphold. And I would say, when you uphold it, you're going to lose everything. May not be today, may not be tomorrow, but I'm going to tell you, is right now. And not today and tomorrow is not for U.S. citizens or people that happen to live here. That's for China. That's for Russians. It may not be for you today or tomorrow, but that can't be said for, for U.S. citizens because guess what? The hour has now struck and now is upon us in a very defined way. That cancelization in Iran coming out with its nuclear change really ramps up everything. This is why the carrier group was sent, because the anticipation, this is why this past weekend, the overall instability and conflict that took place in Gaza is the start of what's really brewing, and it's going to be global. Listen, everyone, we got to get ready to get out of here. Be prepared. Never scared. Much love, much respect. Thank you, Scotty. Thank you, Pastor Keith. We'll talk to you all soon. It's never goodbye. As always, we'll see you later. And remember, before you ask for a fortune, 
make sure you give one away. Much love, much respect. We'll talk to you soon. Great creator willing. Peace. Gold dinar would have had serious consequences for the world financial system, but may also have empowered the people of Africa, something black activists say the U.S. wants to avoid at all costs. We're slicing cake. We're slicing cake.